All right. Um, our pastor is not here today, obviously. I'm the Chilean version of Pastor Dave. So um, today we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to, because we're taking a break between studying Kings and the Romans and the book of Romans, which is, we're starting next week. So I want to share with you what I learned from the book of Kings. That's what I want to do with you. And hopefully, and I pray that the Lord will touch your heart and will move you in the same direction that moved me. And I'm going to base uh, this time in Proverbs 3. So if you can read with me. We're only going to read six verses in Proverbs 3. Uh, we're using the ESV version up here. But before that, let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord, because you are so good to us. And you allow us to come before you and um, ask questions and come before you and hear your voice, Lord. We have such a beautiful privilege to have this relationship with the Creator. And we pray, Lord, that now it could be that special time that we can hear your voice. Please let us hear your voice. Help us to focus on you, Lord, and what you have to tell to our heart. I pray, Lord, that you can bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life, in peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. We're going to stop right there. Please go back and read the whole chapter because it's a beautiful chapter. Um, but we're going to stop right there. Before we get into that, I want to go back. I'll see if you remember the big details uh, from the book of uh, Kings. Okay, I'm not going to hit every single king, obviously. We're going to make a summarization. Is that the way that we say it? I just learned that word. Not to, is that right? What? I wrote it down. Yeah, summarization uh, of the book of King. And we, we learned in the beginning that although we do have first king and second king, originally it's just one whole book. Okay, we just do that division because it's easy to organize it that way. And when we learn, when we start learning in First King, we start with the last days of King David. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it's pretty much the end of uh, King David. He's getting ready to, to go, and he's putting everything in order. Then we move off to learn about Solomon and uh, how he finished the construction of the temple. He married a lot of women. We know that. And part of that was because he was trying to do alliance with other nations, this Allow him to have a lot of power, great dominion of their land. He have a lot of riches. And, uh, but he also did something wrong at the end of his days. He started bringing a lot of idols. And he started sinning. And he started doing all the wrong things. That's the end of Solomon. This is the reason we learn in the, in the book of King that his kingdom fell as well. That, that we learned that. We moved to Rehoboam the, with this king. Uh, we learned that the kingdom split. And now we have the north in the south, you, get, you guys remember that? I'm, I'm way back, okay? But let's, let's see if we can get on the same page. And in the north, we end up with Israel, with the capital with Samaria. And in the south, we have Judah. The capital was Jerusalem. And it's from this kingdom that we get the line from David to the Lord Jesus. And from here, 
at this point, we start reading when we were in the, in the book of Kings that now we have, we start learning from kings from the north, kings from the south, and, and, the, and, the, and the chapters goes up and down. We don't follow one in the north only and then the south. We, we just keep jumping back and forth. We go to Je, uh, Jehu, who rebel against Ahab, and from this point, we learned that um, Israel was never the same again, okay? Um, Samaria is taken by the Assyrians, and, um, and, and then the Israel, the north, fell, and they, um, because idolatry again, they start taking uh, a lot of idols, and they didn't keep the covenant as well. Then we move, yeah, we already now in Second Kings for sure. Manasseh, one of the worst kings, we learned this not too long ago actually, one of the worst kings, he's the one that brings idolatry in, um, um, into the people, and he even sacrificed to the idols. And at this point, the Lord decided to make justice over Jerusalem now. Now he's angry with the south. Before he decided he had enough of the north, now he say, I got enough of the south. And at the end, uh, we learn about Josiah. He's the one that find the lost uh, role, uh, the, the scripture. And he's moved to repentance. He, he's like, this is amazing what it says here. I want to follow everything that say here. So he said, get all the idols out of here. I don't want anything around here. But at that point, the Lord already made his mind. He had enough. And you can read that in Second Kings 23. He had enough uh, with the kingdom of the north and the south. And we finished the book with the invasion of Babylon over Jerusalem and the exile of the people. That's how, that's the summarization of first and second king. Obviously, I, I skip a lot, but okay, so hopefully now we are on the same page. You guys remember where we are now? Okay, great. So here's where it comes, what, what, what it keep ringing in my head after we finish all this. Every time I sit in one of those pews, I left home with two statements. Then they came back to me, and I go home and I keep thinking about this. Two statements that I heard every time that I came to church on Sunday was, he did the right thing, he did the right in the eyes of the Lord, or he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. You read about a king, and you read one of these two statements. He did the right, or he did evil. Let me give you some examples. First Kings 15.11, King Asa, this was a king of Judah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done. He did what is right. First King 15.36, this was a king of Israel, Bashar. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jer- Jeroboam and in his sin, which he made Israel to sin. So not only that he sinned, but he also provocated and made other people sin. Second Kings 22.1.2, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and he walked in all the way of David his father and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Second Kings 21, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to the despicable practice of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. Now you remember all these verses? Every time that you read about a king, you're even going to find out if he did right or he did evil. One more. Second Kings 16.2, Ahaz, he was a king of Judah. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. As his father David had done, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He even burned his son as an offering. This is terrible. And this is uh, every time I go home, I should tell you, one of these 
come to my head. He did right, he did wrong. Oh, this king did right, this king did evil. And let me tell you, most of the kings did evil. There are only a few that did right. And we're talking about a lot of kings here between the north and the south. I'm not going to give you a number because I tried to get a number. And it's it's kind of hard depending on how you count it, really. So we're not going to get into that. But let me tell you this. Most, the majority of the kings did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now, why this start hitting me and, and keep ringing in my head? Because I was wondering if at the end of my days, somebody decided to write about my life. What did they write about? Did Gerardo did right or did he evil? Like what the people can see. And it's not like I care about the people. But at the end of the day, I'm a testimony of the Lord in my life. What the people can see. I was wondering if they would write, oh, Gerardo lived, I don't know. I don't know how long. I lived, 70, 80 years old, 90 maybe if, if I'm fortunate. I don't know. Marry a beautiful American woman. Have two beautiful, lovely, but weird children. They're weird. I don't know. Whether. There's one back there. I still love you, though. He lived worship. Sometimes he even preached. And he did what was, hopefully, they would write. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. So the question is, how do I know that I'm doing the right thing in the eyes of the Lord? How do I know for sure that I'm honoring my Lord? That's the question that keeps coming to my mind. And the thing is, we can say, well, we are not the same. We're not equal. To, we're, we're not even similar to Israel. But I don't know. I think that we're pretty close to what they did. Think about this. Israel was slave for many years. The Lord put his eyes on these people and chose them. He decided to rescue them. He saved them and put them free, set them free. Does that sound familiar to you? Because that's my story too. That's exactly what happens to me. The Lord was their king. The Lord was his, their guidance. He provided for them. And at some point, the people did something. They look on the side and they saw what the other nations had. So they say, we want a king like the other nations. We like what we see over there. You know what, God? I think we want to put our trust in people like what they have over there. We just want a man king now. You, the Lord say, well, you know what? That's, that's not a great idea, son. My people, that's not a great idea. This is what's going to happen. They're going to take advantage of you. They're going to take your stuff. They're not going to be good to you. Oh, no. I, still, I think we still want what the other nations have. And they decide to trust and a man king before their king, which was the creator of all the universe. The biggest mistake of the Israel people is that they thought that someone or something else can do a better job than God. And so when I start thinking about this, I start wondering if I'm doing the same. Because we, sometimes we do that. If we are honest, all our decisions and our desires, sometimes we do that. They wondered what the other nations have because they thought that they will feel protected. They thought that a king will provide for them. They thought that a king will fight for them. So, hey, it looked good. It makes sense. Why not? I want what the other nations have. We want a man king. We want to have all this. And they decide to change from trusting God to trusting men or to trust in men's way, which is sometimes what we do. And trust is the key word in here for me. Hopefully for you, you can leave this, this, um, this uh, tonight thinking about this word trust. Um, trust to honor him. Trust is what makes the difference between someone who do the right in the eyes of the Lord and who does evil in the eyes of the Lord. 
obviously trusting in, in God. Obviously, we're, that's what we're talking about. So how we do this? That's the question. How we're sure that we're doing this? Well, now we go to Proverbs uh, chapter 3. And we're going we're gonna, to um, talk a little bit about each verse here. My son, verse 1. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. If we go all the way back to Solomon, that's exactly what they didn't do. Even if we go back, Saul, he did the same thing. He stopped thinking and keeping the Lord's commandment. And that's where the kingdom started going down. At the moment that they forgot the word of God, they started taking bad decisions. And now we see, and we can read, we read actually all the consequences and all the things that they did. They ignored the Torah. They ignored the instruction what to do and what not to do, how to act. They ignored it. They totally ignored it. They knew it, but they ignored it. So we must fix God's law and His commandments as our rule. We must make God's word our priority in our life. That's so important. That's so important. And, and I know that often I, I, I get lazy. See, that's the truth. I get lazy. I know what is right. I know that I had to sit down and put time to read the word and have a relationship with my Lord. But I just get lazy. And I decide to ignore it, even though what I, I know that I had to do it. If we make God's word a priority, sometimes even our emotional desire, we had to be submitted to that. See, because God's will is always, he knows best. I remember, I was trying to remember a song on Disney that my girls used to watch. Mothers knows best. Well, God knows best. He knows exactly what we need. And so, even though sometimes we will feel hurt or we will feel like, oh, I don't know, I feel uncomfortable with this. Well, the Lord knows best. Our emotions and desire, we have to get Submitted under his will. Verse 2. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. I, I love the way that was written this. Because it doesn't point to the negative aspects. See, it, it stay in the, in, the, in the benefit of it. If you do this, this is what happened to you. Length of days and years of life will add it to you. I love it. It's like there's a benefit out of this. And the word of the Lord, his instruction, the Torah, is for our benefit. It's for our blessing. It's not so you, we, you can feel more like, oh, I don't know, Lord, take, God, take your feet out of me. No. I want you to be free. I want you to enjoy life. That's what I give you, this area where you can enjoy life. If you get out of these boundaries, it's going to get bad. But if you stay here when I'm telling you to stay, I love you. You're going to be safe. And this is beautiful, too, because he doesn't say, hey, I'm going to give you years and days of life. You may say, well, I don't know. It's getting pretty bad out there. I don't know if I want to keep living longer. I mean, you hear the news. Please, like, get me out of here. But the Lord give you quality of life. He say, in peace. He's not just giving you years. Hey, here, you have a bunch of years. Suffer. No. I'm giving you years of life, but I'm adding peace to it. That's amazing. Yes, you may have the whole world collapsing and falling apart around you. But you will be in peace. Your heart will be in peace. Because the peace doesn't come from around you. It comes from our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. I was uh, talking with some friend uh, when, I, when I was in the hospital. He was checking on me for my finger. And, he, and we were checking each other because he, was, um, he, was, he just lost an important member of his life. And, and, and it wasn't just important for him or for his family. But it was a whole community that was really hurt by what happened. And the way that happened as well. So I was asking him, how are you doing? And he was uh, saying, you know what? 
it's weird because I feel good. I feel great. I feel peaceful. And I don't understand why. And so we start talking about this verse at stake, about the peace that surpasses all understanding. We don't even understand that peace. And that's what the Lord is promising you. I'm going to give you days of life, and you're going to have peace. How? I don't know. I don't understand. But you're going to have peace. And not just peace. Like, it will blow your mind. And that's what the Lord is promising. Let's keep going. Verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Another version speaks about mercy and truth. I know Spanish do mercy and truth. Love, faithfulness. All these are attributes of the Lord. Um, and, and it's interesting how I say uh, bind them around your neck. as a, almost like a necklace, as an ornament, something that you show. Something that you, you is, I go this way and, and it goes with me. And I go to the back and it goes with me. I go to the work, I go to work and it's with me. I go to church, it's with me. I go to my home, it's with me. Put it in there. And people can see it. See, people can see it. In an ornament, you put it because it's beautiful. You put an ornament in your house or whatever, on your neck. You, you show a necklace, right? You don't put a necklace there. You hide it up. You see it. And people see it and say, that's beautiful. And they come closer and they feel attracted by your necklace or by the ornament. This is the way that, this is what it's saying. Bind them around your neck. The people can see it and they feel attracted to it. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is this is not external anymore. Now we're talking again internal. It's something that you have inside that doesn't come from outside. It's something that you know. It's something that you live. It's something that you keep. It's something that you cultivate inside right here. It's not something that you come on Sunday and you hear it for 20 minutes, then you go home and that's it. No, it's something that you are constantly working inside of you. That's what it's talking about. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and men. And this is the key verse for me when I was trying to find the conclusion or the answer for what I was looking for. How do I do the right in the eyes of the Lord? Well, let's read back. Do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments for the lands of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. That's how we do this. How I make sure that at the end of my day somebody write, Gerardo did the right in the eyes of the Lord, keeping his commandments, making the word of the Lord serious in my life, not just something that I do one time a week or every once and then or when I remember, taking it serious. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. We must own and depend upon His providence in all our affairs, not just in some, in all of our affairs. Sometimes I wonder about myself when I'm singing here or I'm praying, and we pray about that God is good, that He's faithful, that He provides, that He's just, and I still, and I, and I sing it, and, and I. And I think that I believe it, but at the time I had to make a hard decision. Oh, man, I forgot about trusting in the Lord. But I've been singing all week long. Why we do that? The Lord had shown it to us, just like he showed to the Israel people that he was faithful. And that he was going to be his God, their God. He will provide the steel for God. We do exactly the same thing. 
do not lean on your understanding. This, when I was trying to think about this, I, I ended up laughing at myself. Let me tell you what. Because when we start reading uh, the Word of God, we start reading about who God is. And we learn about His attribute, about His person. And we start understanding how great He is, how big He is, how majest- full of majesty, glory. And uh, so we start seeing this great God, and he got bigger and bigger, and we start getting smaller and smaller, right? Because that's the only logical thing that's going to happen when you start learning about your God. And the more I get, I start realizing, dang, yeah, I cannot trust my understanding. I'm nothing. Like, there's no way that I can come up with a better uh, plan, a better decision, a better understanding than what my God actually knows. Uh, I, I certainly cannot trust my understanding. It's not a good idea to trust in ourselves. Specific, especially when we know ourselves, and we start knowing ourselves when we start knowing our God. Um, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. You know, uh, I was looking what exactly mean acknowledge Him, and, and I realized that the translation really should say know Him. In all your ways, know Him. What that means? I'm in a place where everything is good and great, and I'm happy. Well, know your God. In that circumstance, know him. Know that he's happy for you too. Know that he loves you. Know that he provides for you. But on the other hand, if I'm going through a hard time, suffering, maybe something bad is going on, problems, finances, I don't know. Know him in that too. Read about him, what he's capable of, who he is. Right? Our God, our God is great and we can know him in every single circumstances. Know him in all your ways. Jeremiah was a prophet at the end of the times of the kings. Um, he was, uh, when, when the Lord decided to take uh, justice over Judah, um, Jeremiah was there. He was uh, this, in the last uh, time of uh, second kings, in, um, in the time of King Hosea. He saw the invasion, he saw the fall of the Babylons. I'm sorry, he saw the fall of the kingdom, he saw the invasion of the Babylons. And um, he wrote the consequence of all their sin. And we find that in Jeremiah 17. And he wrote with sadness. We know that he had a lot of sadness in his heart when he was writing this. And we will read from verse 4 to 8 only. But you can go back and read the whole chapter. Jeremiah was there when all this collapsed. When the whole kingdom of God was taken, you know, by the, by the Babylons. And they had to leave. He saw it. And he wrote... You should loosen your hand from heritage that I give to you, and I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you do not know. This is because the sin of the, the, the people, the Jews. And this is the Lord writing through Jeremiah. For my, in my anger, a fire is kindled that shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord, Curse is the man who trusts in men and make flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. This is exactly what the kings did. They start trusting the Lord. They stop trusting the Lord. And they start trusting men. This is the same thing that the Israel people did when they asked for a king. They stopped trusting the Lord and they start trusting men. Curses the man who trusts in men and may flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and should not see any good come. And we can totally see that. Every time that a king did evil, we didn't see any good coming out of that, for sure. He shall dwell in the parched place of the wilderness and in an inhabited salt land. And the opposite, 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its root by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The big difference between those who do the right in the eye of the Lord and the evil in the eye of the Lord is that they depend completely from the Lord and they trust the Lord only. This is beautiful. The way that it's written is so poetic. They send their roots to the stream. They get planted by the waters and their roots go to the stream. And what happens when you have a tree that's doing that? They stay green. They stay green. They stay fruitful. They stay healthy. And you know what? And it's not just for your own benefit. It's also benefit for the ones around you. Because when a tree is healthy, you can get that fruit too. So you, you, I was thinking about myself. Like, well, this is going to be great because I'm going to be able to. But also, people will be able to see that if I'm keeping his commandment. If I'm taking the word of the Lord serious. If I'm putting my roots in that stream of life water, uh, living water. People will be able to get a benefit of that too. And they will be able to know the Lord Hopefully from that. So we have a responsibility too. The main question today for me in my life today is am I trusting the Lord or am I trusting the man? Am I trusting the Lord or am I trusting man's way? That's why I keep, that's the question that I've been asking myself. And in different situations of my life, different um, decisions. When I broke my finger, I, I'm still having to go back to work. And at some point, I had to tell the Lord, you know, Lord, I don't know when I'm going to go back to work, but I was nervous at first. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I don't know what I was going to do because uh, they, they, they did not let me go back to work, obviously. And I didn't know how I was going to pay bills. And at some point, I just had to say, Lord, this is, this is you now. I have no power over this. And the Lord delivered, as he always does, as he always does. So the question that I made myself today is, in my life, I'll be able to live in peace. I'm going to make it practical now for you because this is the way that I did it for me. I'm going to be able to live in peace because I own a house or because he's my peace. And the, the reason why I'm doing this is because I, I have friends and we talk about this kind of stuff that sometimes we put trust in, oh, if I have this, then I'll feel so relaxed. I'm going to have peace. I can, you know, go through life with no worries. So that's what I'm doing practical now. I'll feel protected because I want a gun or because God is with me. I'll be fine in life because I have a good job or because God is my provider. You see, I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. I'm just saying that at the moment that we replace or trust in those things, but to keep it in God, that's when the problem comes. Well, that's when we have a problem. And the, 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 the way that we do this and we stay focused is to keep in the word serious, to keep his commandments in the right place, to keep his teachings. We need to keep working and learning his word and his instructions. This is going to help us to know God. I love um, um, that verse in Psalms that say, stay still and know that I'm God. I love that. I love that because it, it puts you in a place like, I don't, son, I mean, I know you, you had good... Yes, you have a great idea right now, but please don't do anything. Let me show you what I can do right here. Is that, is that the way I feel that verse? It's like, yeah, great, great idea. Shh. Stay there. Let me show you what I can do here. Our God is so great, and he just wants the best for us. If we do the right thing, if we just keep, you know, 
keeping his commandments. Um, we need to believe his word. And not just believe his word up here, but to leave it. It's different to believe it up here and to live according to his word. It's, it's a huge difference. We need to trust God, especially in the unknown. When we had no idea what's going to happen, we're going to trust in God all the time. But the test comes when we don't know. When we have absolutely no power over it, that's when the Lord is going to prove who he is. And you're going to be amazed. I know some of you have experienced that. I have experienced that. And I can tell you that God, our God is always going to be there for you. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and men. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord, because you are so good and so patient with us, so merciful. Lord, we are constantly looking to the other nations, to their neighbors, what society has to offer, what the word is saying that is right, what the people say that makes sense. Lord, we don't want to do that anymore. We just want to hear your voice. We want to trust you, knowing that you want the best for us, knowing that everything is for our good, for those who love you. Help us, Lord, to change that to trust you no matter what, to stop looking to our sides and just keep our eyes focused on you. We are thankful for your mercy. We are thankful for your patience to us. We love you and we are thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was thinking we just finished the books of Kings and we are about to enter in the book of Romans. But you know what? It's very interesting because that's years apart. And they have a similar issue. The kings thought they have a better way to make decisions and to, you know, um, uh, lead their people. Well, in Romans, we're going to learn that the Jews, Christians, have an awesome way to, you know, for the church. And the non-Jewish Christians, they thought they have a different way to do it. And uh, at the end of the day, we know that our ways are not the best. There's only one way to do this, and it's God's way. So I encourage you to read his word, find the time to grow in relationship with him, and let's honor our God with everything that we do and say this week. The Lord bless you.